0: Joanne, Nathan, every St. Patrick's Day, I am surrounded by people wearing green, they're wearing buttons, saying, kiss me, I'm Irish. Why not kiss me, I'm German, or anything else? Why the Irish?
1: I I think part of the answer has to do with the fact that the Irish have always been a really prominent, major cultural immigrant group in America, all the way back to the beginning of the Republic. Hmm. In the early years, I think they were generally accepted, it, in slightly later years, when you move on into like the 1820s and 1830s, then you begin to get people identifying and pointing to the Irish in a not so positive mm. way. So that that might not be a kiss me, I'm Irish phase in time, but quite the opposite. Why is that?
0: Is that numbers?
1: It's partly numbers. There's a huge increase uh, in the 1830s and 40s and 50s. It's partly because early Irish that came were Protestant and the later wave were Catholic. Right. And America had serious issues with Catholics, uh, so anti-Catholicism reared its ugly head up, and these second wave of Irish also tended to be more agrarian. Mm. Um, they found their way more into manual labor. I think Americans sort of pegged them as a as, as a separate group, and and sort of cast them out, in a way. Right.
2: I mean, I think the Catholic identity is really major, both for them and for Italians, especially in, in the late 19th and early 20th century. There are all kinds of nativist concerns about what Catholics' connections to the Pope are, whether they're anti-democratic. You know, It becomes really important for many Irish in American cities to assume a measure of political power through police organizations and fraternal groups just in order to secure some stronger social footing. And again, I think relative to the way that migrations are changing cities in the you know, progressive era, they're able to at least mark themselves as being different from other you know, browner populations that are coming into the cities in ways that would give them benefits going forward. Ironically,
0: uh, the very thing that was held against them, they tended to concentrate in the cities, for instance, and create political machines, was the very thing that actually gave them some independent
2: economic mm. power. The other thing that I think is, is key with the Irish case is we never went to war with Ireland. So if you look at what happened in the Germans in the 19-teens, and again, you know, in the 1940s, you know, there's a clear sense that many people are trying to distance themselves from a German identity, right? The, the Irish are obviously a much smaller group, but they also come, you know, into our history as workers, as people who are part of unions, as people who are, in some ways, the kind of scrappy underbelly of American society. And so it's certainly, you know, this sense of these Irish ethnic neighborhoods in places like Boston and New York that are beginning to, you know, show themselves in cinema and in plays, right? I mean, you have a variety of ways in which you can reassert a working classness that is, in some ways, a kind of counterpoint to, obviously, elites in major cities, but in some cases, even other complaining minority groups, right, coming out of the civil rights movement.
0: (laughs) That's absolutely right. They they were called the rise of the unmeltable ethnics, and the (laughs) Irish led that charge.
2: You know, it's yeah, it's a funny thing about about ethnicity, though, because uh, my last name is is an Irish last name, Connolly. But but yeah, I mean you know and, and I and I can honestly tell you you know that I never really adopted a sense of connection to Ireland or the Irish. I mean there was a coat of arms in the house, but it was almost like a kind of tongue in cheek. This black family with an Irish coat of arms. You know, culture has to be practiced. And in my family, we never you know practiced Irish you know celebrations. We never didn't had any association with Gaelic. Like I went to a Catholic church with an Irish pastor for, t- for twenty years, and that was never part of my identity. That was Father Sean Mulcahy's identity, right? Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> and so you know that that's just the, the 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 nature I think of ethnicity, and still you know I think St. Patrick's Day is a great holiday, right? I loved listening to House of Pain, you know, growing up. Um, you know, a great Irish rap group, you know. So so a lot of that I think is still broadly acceptable and mainstream, but I think the the utility of the Irish identity didn't come with my particular go round with an Irish last name.
0: So I do think that today it is easier to practice a bit of cultural experimentation or Mm. appropriation. One can take Irish folk dancing if they want. And the big difference is that one's ethnic identity is not wrapped up as intricately with where they live and what their occupation is, as it used to be at the turn of the 20th century. So it allows you to disaggregate cultural practice, ethnic practices, if you will, from occupational and residential choices.
1: You're suggesting this sort of um, free and easy cultural atmosphere where everybody can switch hats, Um And I'm not sure that's true of all ethnicities. And I wonder if there is something different about the
0: Irish. Great, great point. What is it? Darn. <laughs> Let's yeah, I mean, come up with that.
2: We, we have we have folks who, you know, celebrate Cinco de Mayo and they'll wear a sombrero or something, but there'll be a lot more pushback against something like that or folks who, you know, want to don, you know, blackface costumes for Halloween, there's a pushback on that and you know, p- we're much more generous with people who wear, you know, Irish plastic hats, bowler hats exactly. or you know, drink green beer because it's, you know, one day a year and you get to get drunk and all that. Um, but it it doesn't seem to carry the same kind of fraught history in part because a lot of the groups that are considered to be on society's margins tend to have more of a hands-off policy when it comes to cultural appropriation. I mean, by by most... conventional measures, the Irish are part of the, quote-unquote, mainstream. I mean, few people would know that there were over 100,000 Irish immigrants who came to this country, quote-unquote, illegally, violating tourist visas and the like in the 1980s. It didn't create a panic in the same way we think about Muslims coming into America or Mexicans coming into America. In fact, just the opposite. Churches, the mayor of New York, Ed Koch, a bunch of people made it very easy for them to kind of Mm. ease into... American society on legal terms. But Nathan,
0: taking your examples,
2: isn't the distinguishing factor race,
0: isn't that what distinguishes the Irish? They passed into whiteness sometime around the beginning of the 20th century or so.
2: I think that's absolutely the the difference. Um, but I, I will say too that you know we're in a moment now where obviously you know there's more redrawing of various fault lines and the, the possibilities of you know more people being considered you know mainstream is yep. is never off the table, but but I think we should be very mindful of the distinctive place that the Irish have enjoyed as having made a really marked transition between the early nineteenth, late nineteenth, and now early twenty-first century is, is one way to make sense of why their symbolism and, and the pageantry around them for at least, you know, one time during the year seems far less threatening than some other examples.
1: Right, I mean in a sense what we're saying is that, that the Irish have become quintessentially American.